and welcome to worship at Kailua United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Brian, lead pastor here at this church, and I thank you for worshiping with us. You might be looking at our uh, chancel area and seeing that we are still in Christmas mode. Fun fact, if you didn't know it already, you may have heard the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. Well, The Twelve Days of Christmas is a uh, song that's modeled after the liturgical season of Christmas, which begins on Christmas Day and goes for 12 days until Epiphany, which is on uh, January 6th. We're going to be celebrating Epiphany Sunday this morning, and so this is our last opportunity to be singing a few Christmas carols and to remembering the birth of Christ, even as we're in this new year. So as we begin in worship in 2021, I want to invite us to a moment of silence so that we might invite God's presence to be a part of our lives, to be leading us as we follow Christ in this new year together. So I invite you to a moment of silence with me. Dear God, we give you thanks for Jesus, the light of the world. We pray that we might continue to let our lights shine and that you might transform us over and over again. Help us grow in holiness with you so that we might engage more peacefully, more joyfully, more lovingly, and more hopefully in the world. That we might embody Christ. Be with us this morning as we continue our worship service. And it's in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. While shepherds kept their watching O'er silent flocks by night Behold, throughout the heavens There shone a Oh 
this time of worship we have together and Holy Spirit continue to fall in this place. Amen. Amen.
Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, starting in chapter 2. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. When Herod her, uh, secretly, uh, then Herod secretly called the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me words that I might go, also go and pay him homage. Then he had heard, uh, when, he had heard the king, when they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star, that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. I invite you to pray with me. Dear God, We thank you for this new year. As we hope for new gifts of your revelation to us, as we hope for lots of things in our lives, we pray that we might be like those wise men, aware and searching for your presence and willing to follow after it. Speak a word to us this morning that we might embody that word in the world. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, I can't believe it. We're here and it is 2021. It, it feels like the, the, 20, the year of 2020 is well behind us, right? Or kind of behind us at least. And, and we're looking forward to all sorts of things. And we've been talking about it over the past few months with, uh, with Advent and as we prepare for Christmas and the Christ child. 
And I don't know about you, but one of the things that always people talk about during 2021 is, what new thing are you going to take on? And you know, just like all of you in various jobs, we've taken on so much new over the past 2020, uh, over 2020. We've gone to Zoom for so much. You've, you have teleconferencing in new ways. You, if you traveled for work, aren't probably doing that, or you're doing that in all new ways. We're doing worship completely new. We're trying to be a community new. There's been so much that's new. If anything, 2021 is not something where I'm looking at and saying, yes, I'm going to like take on every challenge of my life that I've always had for myself, and I'm going to tackle it in 2021. Uh, I heard an Instagram quote, I'm going to walk in nice and easy to 2021 and not touch anything because I don't want something to break, right? That's kind of how we feel, that we're moving into this new year and we don't know what the future is going to hold. And we're a little weary about what the future is going to look like for us. And we have our scripture reading this morning, which closes off our nativity scene. I know that many of us are ready, like I said, to leave 2020 in the rearview mirror and to put that Christmas tree out on the lawn, you know, for the waste people to pick it up or, you know, get rid of it, all of our decorations and move on. But we're still here a little bit. In fact, a significant portion of the world, the Christian world, celebrates Christmas on Epiphany or they close the Christmas celebration on Epiphany. And if you grew up in England, you know that they don't, it's a faux pas to take down your decorations before that day. And so you got to keep them up until January 6th. And we have with us into the new year, the story of the wise men. And given that I know some of us are ready to move on into 2021 carefully, but we're still liturgically in the season of Christmas, I wonder what we might learn from the wise men as we move into this new year. See, because I might not be ambitious about all the things I've dreamt I could accomplish for 2021, but all the time I feel like I have this drive within me to be a better version of myself, right? That I'm, I'm trying to grow with God. I'm trying to grow as a father. I'm trying to grow as a pastor to you all. I'm trying to grow in my life. But sometimes you just don't know where to look, right? I mean, you can get a coach. You can, you know, pray. You can talk to friends. You can do all sorts of things. But sometimes when we're searching for a sense of growth and accomplishment, we find ourselves kind of looking around in all sorts of directions. And I think that the wise men actually give us a sense of one of the profound ways I think that we can grow in holiness. Now, let me unpack that for a minute. We're United Methodists um, here at Kailua United Methodist Church, and uh, part of our history as United Methodists is that we follow in the heritage of John and Charles Wesley. And um, and John Wesley uh, believed in something, he talked about something called sanctifying grace, which is a really fancy way of saying that he believed that faith wasn't just about like belief in Jesus and then we're all good, but it's about growing in our faith. And I think there's a misconception here that I really hope from the get-go I can just cut off, is that growing in our faith does not mean you get closer to God. Like, so you're now closer to God because Christmas reminds us that God came to be with us no matter where we are. You will always be as close to God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But the difference is, is we can have a better sense of awareness. We can grow 
deeper in that understanding. We can grow in, as John Wesley said, grace. And I'm a proponent, you know, when I first came into the church, of asking lots of questions. Like, what does that mean? And what does that term, I don't know, what grace is, I don't know, sanctifying, all that's over my head. But let me put it, like, quite simple. And then I think this captures for a lot of us where we're at with, like, on New Year's resolutions and things that we try to do in the, each new year. Is that John Wesley believed it wasn't just enough to sort of let, to choose something good. You had to unlearn something and then learn something new. For example, I grew up drinking soda. Well, in Minnesota, we called it pop. And so I drank a lot of it growing up. And so there was a time period when I was like, I'm going to stop drinking soda. And it took some unlearning of that time. And, and then eventually I got to a place where, you know, now and then I would have a, a, you know, a Sprite or a Coke or something like that. But now I'm at a place where I've kind of grown out of that habit and now I don't even desire Coke or soda or Sprite or whatever that is. I just don't like, and when I get some of it, you know, when like someone has it, it's like so sweet and I just like don't even know what to do with it. That's an example of unlearning something and learning something new. Hopefully my, you know, addiction to soda isn't just replaced with another addiction, but hopefully it's replaced with something healthy, something growing. And so John Wesley believed that that's what it's like about our faith. It's not just enough to say I'm going to, you know, be nice to my neighbor, but I also might have to unlearn my ways of gossip and kind of thinking negatively towards people before I can learn that. I think the wise men give us an example of what it looks like to kind of direct ourselves in that process. Because we can always say I'm going to unlearn this and I'm going to learn this, but what's the guiding star for us as we make those kind of paths as we journey. Uh, I think it's really kind of ironic, I guess you could say, that epiphany, right, is meant to say the revelation of Christ to the Gentiles is its traditional dictionary meaning, but now it means something kind of new, novel, sort of a light bulb, right, in your head. And I think that when I think of epiphany, I think of a little bit of both. I think of uh, a phrase that some, I know it's like a theology phrase, but it's called a kairos moment, we sing, uh, saying on Christmas Eve that we remembered that Christ is already here. That's a, a sense of the kingdom of God that uh, exists outside of time. And the Greeks had two words for time. One is linear, A to B. And then another one was kind of breaking into these moments. And see, I believe that growth, that growth in holiness is an opportunity of recognizing those sort of kingdom moments, kairos moments in our lives and learning from them, adapting from them, and growing with them. So when we look to be a better version of ourselves or resolutions, I think that we could grow a lot by learning to identify those kairos moments in our lives, times when God's trying to speak something to us. But like you, I wonder sometimes, how do we go about doing it? In the wise men, we have an example of that. People that totally foreign to the ideas of Jerusalem. I mean, we don't know a lot about them. They might be knowledgeable in some of it, but we just, they're mysterious figures. But one of the things that we do know is that they're wise. They're studied people. That they've done their research and and they've looked at like the sort of the the prophecies of the past potentially. And and so that when 
they're, they're studied and ready to go to find this king that they had learned about. And I think for us, one of the places that for our foundational within our faith is we have to be a people that study Scripture. Study Scripture, study theology, study history. You know, study is an important component of our faith. But I, you know, kind of can point the finger at myself because I can like to be in the books too much. It's not just about the study. The wise men didn't just stop there. But they kind of pulled their head out of the books and they looked to the sky. They were aware of their surroundings as they sought after what they had read about in their books. Reading your Bible is great and learning about theology is awesome, but it cannot stop there. One of the greatest theologians that I follow said you have your Bible and your newspaper hand in hand. Another way I say that is that you have to be aware of the surroundings of our world. What's going on? What's happening in your life? Are you present now to observe something new, those breaking in moments? That's another step in the process. So studying scripture, praying, spending that time, but then also opening, kind of lifting up, just being present to God's presence in our lives. But you know what? They don't just stop there. They then go and seek counsel. They use one another, but then they also find Herod to kind of give them some sense of direction. That they're willing to find counsel and find direction. Now this is the hard part, right? Is that I believe that God speaks to us personally, but I don't know how easy it is for us to interpret that without the context of Christian community or community to help us. I believe mentors, good friends, small groups, they help us discern both what we've studied and prayed about and what we might see as a revelation in our lives, like something that God has spoken to us that we believe. I'm finding myself in the midst of reviewing uh, papers for people that are going to be ordained in the United Methodist Church. I'm on the Board of Ordained Ministries for our annual conference, our region of the United Methodist Church. And one of the sections, the section that I'm kind of responsible for reading with another team, is to read about people's call stories. And one of the things that we always say is that it's great for you to feel called into ministry. That's awesome. But who else is affirming you in that process? What's your community saying about the gifts and the talents and the passions that you have? What coaches and mentors have helped you in the process? They're essential for us following and and kind of growing in our faith. Growing in holiness, as Wesley would say. It can never be a purely personal endeavor, but we need community. The three wise men sought their own counsel, and they sought the counsel of Herod. Even though he might not be the best guidance for them. And so that's another part. I think that that's the place where we start to make a turn, right? We start to plan sort of a direction from there. But the thing is, I have not always liked the counsel of my counsel. I have not always liked the revelation that I've been seeking to find. I have not always, sorry, my watch was going off. I not always liked different things. 
But the wise men showed up to that manger looking to see the king of kings 